The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. Subscribe and tune in each week to hear me and a special guest discuss the latest in the NBA the way you want to hear it, with the topics that you want to hear. Keep it locked. The head coach for the Chicago Bulls should have been escorted out of the arena by security. The Chicago Bulls defense was that horrid, that abominable, that embarrassing, that pathetic, that moribund, that ridiculous, that disgusting, that it made you wonder whether or not they were being coached. And for have that happen at the United Center, I mean, what the hell were you doing while the Golden State Warriors were shooting all over the damn place? Were you upstairs in the concessions ordering hot dogs and soda pop? I mean, what the hell was that? What a disgrace. Oh, this is like <laughs> General Hospital. You're searching for tomorrow. One day of our lives. You know, it's like a soap opera right now. I mean, I hope and pray that uh, <laughs> that we get it together. Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest edition of Above the Rim, episode 78. Brought to you by your honorable host, as always, it's your boy Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze. Another special guest joining me this week, co-host of the Ball on Bulls podcast. My son is big time now, also co-hosting on the Bulls Outsider show on the NBC Sports Chicago. My homie, my brother, Big Dave. What's good, my brother? Brother Just, man. Thanks for having me on, my man. Of course. I appreciate that. I think it's your second time here, right? Second or third? Yeah. Second, second time, bro. Second time, man. Oh, I, shit. I'm mm-hmm. very happy, man. I had so much fun that last time. I really did. Word, damn, second. That's shame on me for only having you on here. This is insane. Shame <laughs> on me. My fault, Big Dick. Because last You're time. You're a busy you were, man. No, nah, man. It, it never, I'm never that busy. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, um, the last time, the last one you were on was uh, His Annis, I believe, was a yes. title that. Yes, His Annis. And that yes. was actually uh, a fan favorite, uh, mind you. A listener favorite. That was a very dope episode. Shout out to you, my brother. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate all that love. Yes, sir. And especially from you, man. <laughs> no doubt. Um, and um, full disclosure, family, we out here mm-hmm. getting our basketball grind on early mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning. So shout out to yes. Dave. Also, we had to work this schedule out for this to work. Recording early on a Sunday, and that's a passion right there. Yeah, man. I mean, I did it just for you, like for real. <laughs> <laughs> like I was this you, and and it's a Bears game coming on in about an hour and a half. That's I was what like, I'm okay, saying. I know. I Listen, was like, I got you, Justin. I'm watching, I got you. I'm watching my Ravens today as well. Lamar, man, it's, it's that new era. 
Stone. Ooh, Lamar's a beast, New bro. New era, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, you nice. No doubt. Um, and as always, family, you can find Above the Rim anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Spotify. To get in contact with me or the show, you can always hit me up. Follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. IG is JustBlaze513 on Facebook. Search Above the Rim Podcast. Email the show as well at Above the Rim NBA Podcast at gmail.com. Call up, talk about it live. Y'all already know. Talk about it. 908-718-1592. Send a responses via email as well. Uh, Big Dave, where can the people find you, my brother? Oh, man. They can find me at ballsports.com. B-A-W-L sports.com. You got to say it like Avery Johnson is saying it. Wow. Um, <laughs> you can find us <laughs> on Twitter at Ball Sports and at Ball Sports 1. We finally got my man C-Dub on Twitter. Finally. Just talk him into answering people and stop treating my man just like a fan oh, <laughs> and actually oh, answer man. his questions. You know what I'm saying? So. You know they want to answer my, my question. <laughs> I was trying to show some love. I said, you know, let me give a shout out to Ball. Let me ask a little question for the uh, educated question for the people, you know? Yeah, come man. On, I saw it and man. I got on him for you, bro. I was like, come on, man. You got to answer just questions. See, Dub, I didn't forget that, man. I know you're going to hear this. I didn't forget it. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, you can find us there. Uh, we're on anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also check out my show, uh, Bulls Outsiders, yes. that I do with uh, Matt Peck and John Sabine. Uh, we're just giving our perspective as Bulls fans, you know, on the Chicago Bulls. So it comes on after the post game yep. of the Bulls, every Bulls game on NBC Sports Chicago. And you can also watch it on Facebook Live, send the comments in. You can ask us literally anything. I'll ask me some hip hop questions. I'll trust you. I'll answer. He's going to so. answer that. <laughs> <laughs> answer, ask me anything, man. But yes. that's where you can check us out at, man. Most definitely. And make sure y'all please do. Because I know I, there's a lot of Chicago Bulls fans out here in New York City. We know that for sure. So make sure you guys are all checking out that Bulls outside the show and Ball on Bulls as well, man. That's a family right here. Um, so, Dave, man, on the lowest of keys, as I start every show, on the lowest of keys, man, the parity amongst teams in the NBA right now, especially in the Western Conference, to me, has made the league so much more exciting this year. I know people love those nerd-ass warriors that I hate and uh, super teams in general. And I know it might be crazy or, or far-fetched or whatever, but I was thinking about this. I would love for the league to implement some sort of rule where you can only have two max guys on a roster at once. I know it might be crazy. Maybe altering the CBA in some way or where teams could only afford two max contracts or maybe something where there's a rule where you can only give two max contracts a year. Something to police it a little bit to me because I feel like the competitiveness this year has taken a step in the right direction. Even though we know Golden State is still the overwhelming favorites at the end of the day, but I feel like this year there's a lot more hope, I would say, for teams this year and, and just parity amongst league in general, in my opinion. So what do you think about that, Dave? I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay. I like when I like I like watching greatness. Okay. Okay. I, I always have, I always will. I enjoy mm-hmm. watching it. And I enjoy to, to see how teams adapt to it. Mm. I like I like when you have a deck stacked against you and you're like, okay. 
it, they look unstoppable, but nobody's unstoppable. How can you try to stop them? Mm. Great example of that is last year with Houston and Golden State. Yeah, I mean, Houston had that had that series won, but you know, you saw your boy go down, and ah. it, it, it changed everything. And then they, you know, the twenty seven three, all that other stuff. But mm. the fact they they were built to beat them. They didn't have. You know, super dudes on it. I mean, Chris Paul is on the you know end of tail end of his career, mm-hmm. but he's still super productive. Mm-hmm. And James Harden, you come on, we already know how he get down. Yeah, they had and two it, studs and complimentary pieces. Right, yeah. right. Just a bunch of complimentary pieces mm. around them, all set up to build take down you know this gigantic uh monster. Yeah, and they were doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like they they had that series wrapped up and done. So. I like watching teams uh, find a way to take down a monster because, dude, they're monsters every single decade. Yeah, every decade, I know they're it's a true. monstrous team. So Lakers, you know, with Magic, Kareem, Worthy, Scott, like all them. Yeah, Boston with their big three. Of course, you had the '90s with Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it's different now because of free agency, mm-hmm. you know, and guys are just decided to go there. And but I mean, when cats are taking pay cuts, like you know. Uh, Demarcus Cousins, you know what I'm saying? That was was a a, a corny pay cut to me. That wasn't even a good pay cut. That was a lame pay cut. That was a a layup pay cut to me. A layup pay cut. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, bro. But I feel you. I definitely understand what you're saying. I maybe to me because I feel like I like watching greatness as well. Is is same way you were saying. But to me, I feel like because some teams. What I'm trying to get at, I would say, is stacking the deck is my issue. Right, like, the right, way how Kevin right. Durant went there, it and stacked the deck, which basically put them in a four-year, five-year window, championship window right now. And honestly, we've only seen one legitimate contender, which have been the Houston right. Rockets thus far. Right. So to me, in a four-year span, it shouldn't be only one legitimate title contender or t- uh, a team in title contention or has the possibility of beating them. See, those LeBron teams, we thought... They could beat them, but they were just basically LeBron faith, basically, right, right. In, in those Cleveland years. Except for that one year, they did win, but they didn't have Kevin Durant at that time. So it was, it was a tad bit different. So I wasn't opposed to that Golden State Warrior team. I was fine. But maybe it's just me just because Kevin Durant is so great to me in my mind. And I'm still upset at him for going, at, going there. And I guess that's the root of it that I'm talking about right here. But right. But I mean, just we can. I mean, Kevin Durant already told you who he was. He already came out admitted admitted what I always thought he was, which always has upset me about him yeah. is that he's more comfortable being a number two. The baby, like he's man. got the, he's got the skills to be. Dude, it's no reason he shouldn't average forty a game. Yeah, but. I mean, he has those skills, those literal kind of skills that are insane. You watch him in the finals when he turns it on, and it's like, oh, my God, this dude is just on a whole nother level. But mentally, he's telling you, I don't like being the man. I am comfortable being a number two. I, I'm I'm comfortable when it's not on me. Some people are more comfortable, as my dad used to say, they're more comfortable when it ain't on them. Yeah, so, yeah, true. It's not on him in Golden State at all. It was on him in OKC, and, yeah. and you, you saw what he was doing there. Yeah. And... Yeah, he's he's just more comfortable. So mentally, I got that. You're right. But skill wise, like I say, skill wise, this dude should be averaging forty. Oh, he man. should be always the best player in the league. Phenomenal. He should be unstoppable. He should be unstoppable, man. And but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. No, I do. Once you saw him go there, you knew it was over. Yeah, you knew it was over. I'm like, don't be stacking the deck, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just me, man. It's definitely just me, but Ah, but moving on. Also, uh, in not necessarily in Chicago, but the goat, 
greatest player of all time was in the news a little bit this week. Um, I know you saw this big day smacking backhand him, not backhand him, but <laughs> damn near backhand him, Malik Monk, smacking, smacking him in the back of his head um, during the end of the game, I believe, because he got a tech for running on the court or something like that yeah. towards the end of the game for the free throw. And, um, man, it was hilarious to me, but mm-hmm. it was... To me, I did see like a tad bit of backlash, which I don't know why. And then I saw on the other side, which it was funny. Like people like me found it funny. But I wanted to ask you, do you think any other owner could get away with smacking one of their dudes on the sidelines? <laughs> well, I mean, unless that owner, you know, has six championships and mm. has this is a billionaire <laughs> off of shoes. I, I can't really see another owner getting away with that. Like Nobody. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban can't get away with that. No way. Um, Dolan can't get away with that. I mean, can't nobody really get away with that, man. But I mean, Mike, uh, maybe, maybe if Magic Magic did it, you know, and I know he's not, you know, an owner or nothing. But if Magic did it, actually, or, I can see Magic doing just slightly to some, maybe to like a yeah. Lance, maybe or something. Yeah, I can see that, and and if people accepting it, or yeah. I can see, you know, Bird doing. The point I'm saying is, when you're great, yeah you can get away with certain things like that. You're a great. And I'm talking about an all-time great. You know what I'm saying? So watching Mike do that, and it was playful, but it was also like a father-son kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, son, what you doing, man? You know what? what, (laughs) Pop! You know what I'm saying? It's a game away. He was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dad. You know what I mean? It it did seem like a little, like a, I don't know, father-son relationship or big brother-little brother relationship. Yeah, him yeah. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. It felt that way to me when I saw it. I mean, if he had hauled off and just punched him in the back of the head or, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> or something like that, then I understand the backlash, man. Yeah. But he, Mike was laughing when he did it. He, he was. was like, oh, I think like, when he first did it, he was like, oh, shit, I did. <sighs> Damn. But still, <laughs> but you know what? You, you needed that. You deserved right, that. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? You see our record. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, and Malik Monk wasn't really tripping like that, honestly. He, he, no, he, no. He, I mean, what you gonna say to the goat? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when you're wrong. Exactly. And, and when you're wrong. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> he was completely wrong for what he did. So, yeah, man, I think it was all in good fun. It was just basketball players Definitely. doing that. Mike, Mike is gonna always be a basketball player. Exactly. And honestly, I don't how honestly, in practice, I feel like he's still doing pickup games with them anyway. In practice. Oh, so. you know, you know, Mike is getting on one on one with somebody. Exactly. You know it. So I know they still compete. Like if he was on a court anyway. So they really do mm-hmm. have that relationship with him, and I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was hilarious to me. I thought it was yeah, funny. Me too. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Keep doing it. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And um, speaking of MJ, your beloved Bulls, Big Dave. We got... <sighs> is that why I'm here? Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. It is. Okay. Those Bulls, they, they have been in the news a lot in the past month, I would say. Now, it's been about a month now, I would say. Or even a little bit less than a month. But there's been a lot of stories that's been coming out with the Chicago Bulls. A bunch of turmoil going on right now with Chicago. First up, your boy. <laughs> I don't even know if it's either your boy. Whose boy is he? Freddie Hoiberg <laughs> was let go rather interestingly um, very early on into the season. Didn't have his entire roster. Laurie Markman was out for a lot. Uh, Bobby Portis was out for some. So it was, it was rather peculiar timing to let uh, Freddie Hoiberg go. And there's been... I would say mixed reaction. I feel like a little bit on on Twitter and other people that I spoke to as well about the about the move. Some people were actually in favor. Some people were in favor of the firing. Some people 
didn't feel like he got enough time. So I wanted to ask you from your vantage point and your perspective, what did you feel about the Freddie Hoiberg hiring? Was it the right move? You okay with it? What do you think? Okay, well, let's see. The the hiring, I, I'll take this in two parts. The hiring mm. and the firing. I'll start with the hiring. Mm-hmm. The hiring of Fred Hoiberg was baffling um, because the way they went about it, they didn't interview anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, this is our guy. And for those who are not, you know, in the know as far as the Bulls, like Hoiberg is real tight with uh, Gar, Gar Foreman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gar, him and Gar Foreman are friends. That's okay, guy. so that's, that's, that's a pal. And he has ties to the team because he used to play here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and he was a you know a popular player here. People you know loved him. And this was during our trash seasons. Yes. They they <laughs> they loved, but they loved you know a player like uh, you know his nickname was the Mayor. Um, solid coach at Iowa State. You know all that other stuff. But it's the fact that this was when Thibs was let go. They wanted somebody in who they said was a better communicator. Yes. Um, good Lord. And they said he was a better communicator and, you know, wanted to run a, a, a more pro-style offense, you know, wanted to kind of get away from the tough-nosed defense that they were pretty much known for because they would play D on you, but, you know, they couldn't score. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, so they got rid of Tibbs on that. And I was, and I'm still in agreement with the fact they got rid of Tibbs. He ran his course. It was yeah. time for him to go. Oh, like, definitely. It was, it was time for him to go. I, I totally get that. Now, when they brought Hoiberg in and they're telling you, you know, what he brings and all these things, the communicator, uh, you know, he's just great on offense, all these things. During his first couple, first week of training camp, they asked, he says, I'm not, he's going to uh, put Joe Kim Noah on the bench. Yes. He said, I oh, talked Lord. to Joe Kim Noah. I communicated with Joe Kim Noah. Mm. And Joe Kim Noah is totally fine. He's on board with this. They went and asked Joe Kim Noah, Joe, uh, how do you feel about this? Fred said, you're totally on board with all this. I never even talked to Fred about that. Look at that. <laughs> that's supposed to be one of your leaders on the team, the vets on the roster at the time. The vets on the roster. And you tell me the dude you brought in is a great communicator. And the first, <laughs> his first order of business is miscommunication. So uh, you, you, you failed from the start. Yes. It was a problem from the jump street. Now, people tell me like he did, he never had the team. He was brought in here to coach. Fred is a pace and space dude. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He wants they to love using that degrees. pace and space when they talk about they, Freddie. They, uh, <laughs> love it. That's the word. Those are the words, love man. The, the trigger words yep. are, are pace and pace space. And space. <laughs> they love running it and to it. And, and they're right. They, the team they brought in here, they, they brought him Butler, Wade and Rondo one mm. year. The, none of them about pace and space. Mm. You know what I'm saying? At all. Um, the, the players are always hurt. Uh, one year they last year they said we're gonna tank. So uh, Zach Levine was hurt uh, mm-hmm. most of the year mm-hmm. and things like that. You know what I'm saying? So I totally get that, and and that's all fact. All you're saying is fact. But here's the here's the thing that, that why you should go because he can't coach. Mm. Bottom line of it, bro, dude. I watch every Bulls game. I, I sit and I watch every single Bulls mm-hmm. game. I can't begin to tell you how many times I'm yelling at certain substitutions. Listen, I'm his yelling. rotations are horrible, Big Day. Horrific. Horrible. His rotations <laughs> are horrific, bro. The man took out Wendell Carter. We're playing the Pistons mm. down by one in the fourth quarter. Pistons got the ball. The man takes out Wendell Carter Jr., who is our best defender. Mm-hmm. Best defender. Takes him out of the game, brings in Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker, your two worst defenders for a defensive possession. Oh. And I'll let you guess what happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't even a jump shot. I mean, it went right to the cup. We know. And, that and put that joint in. Crazy. It was ridiculous. 
Fre- it was silly. Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. <laughs> I gotta call him Freddy because it's ridiculous. Freddy. <laughs> it's cr- Listen, I, f- I feel like Gar Foreman and Paxton, I feel like they just wanted Hoiberg in there because he was someone they felt like they could control, I feel like, in a way. Mm, I true. feel like he's, he was their guy, as we alluded to before. So someone that they can... Be, they can be his whisperer, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, mm-hmm. they can be coaching from beyond the coaching box, basically. Tell right. him what they want to implement. He's going to do it because he got them the job and he he has to uh, pay a little homage to them because he got them the job. He said, listen, I'm going to do it too. We're, we're going to go with this pace and space nonsense that you keep throwing out there. This is not Iowa State, bro. It's not. <laughs> and I think when he came in, he tried to, t- he tried to kind of change the culture of the locker room without winning over the vets first like without winning over joakim no without winning over jimmy butler and those guys around that time so i felt like maybe because he's not necessarily a i don't know if i want to say horrible coach to me he's just he doesn't have the right persona i feel like with the type with the cast of characters that he has there with the type of talent that he has there in chicago even even though that they're young guys they're still young guys with uh is strong personality is that fair to say do they have strong personality on the bulls that's that's fair i mm-hmm. i agree with you about what you're saying because you, you made a great point about not winning over the bits because mm-hmm. when they got way to rondo i said we're gonna find out uh chris and i said on our podcast mm-hmm. we're gonna find out if he can coach or not yeah. because if it's anybody who's gonna be vocal about bad anything it's gonna be wade and it's gonna be rondo yeah, exactly yeah and they and you saw what happened you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they were vulgar and fiascos and problems. Even though they it had got- that little success in the first round, people are still right. living off that little A seed um, when they were playing yeah. the Celtics in the first round. They they living off that for Hoiberg, but carry oh on. man, I mean, like <laughs> oh man, getting all real because if Rondo, I feel like you with CP3, man, like Rondo and get hurt, we yeah. going to the second round, exactly. man. <laughs> <laughs> like, we get there, man. I'm, I'm going in, but exactly. It was the it was that, and he's a coach. And, I, and there, listen, there are a million ways to be a great coach. Not mm-hmm. everybody has to be tough-nosed. Mm-hmm. Everybody got to of be course. hands-off. You, of it's a million great ways. But for this kind of team, and especially a young team, when your veterans are like Robin Lopez, you know what I'm saying, who have been in the yes. league, like, what, four or five years? Yeah. So those are your veterans, okay? Mm-hmm. When you got a team like that, you can't have a coach, like, hands-off. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I feel. Laid like, back, relax. Laid back, chilling. He's who you bring in when you're about to, when you're like, we're, re- we're ready to compete for a title. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of coach I think you bring in. Mm-hmm. Because you go- went from this hard-nosed, uh, aggressive style who instilled this culture of toughness yes. to a dude who was, who was more hands-off about it. For me, when you make that kind of switch, that's a you're, you're telling change. them, right, yeah. you're telling them, you're telling me, and it's my opinion, you're telling me, yo, we're ready to win. We're about to go do it. It mm-hmm. reminded me of Doug Collins and, and Phil Jackson a mm-hmm. little bit. Because Phil Doug Collins was mu- super tough nose on, on his players. Yeah. But Phil Jackson was a little more hands-off. He would let his assistants, Tex Winter and Johnny Bach, do that. Yeah. But Phil was burning sage and giving cats books to read. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a little more chill with mm-hmm. Phil. But Phil wanted to win. He was still a goon about that. But he was a little more hands-off. Mm-hmm. I, I see that when you bring off a hands-off approach kind of coach, then you're telling me you're ready to win. You don't bring them in for your young players who you don't even have an established leadership yet. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? From anyone. When yeah. You saw Zach Levine waving him off. Yes. Like, dude, I ain't listening to you. Like, I got something else to do. And then take the dumbest shot. Listen, I saw you know the whole saying? squad low-key w- waving Freddie Horberg off. When he was calling <laughs> I mean, they were looking his direction, but right. they, didn't really ex- they didn't really execute the plays with the, the, the type of emphasis that you needed at that time. Even though they were losing, but still, there's a certain aspect of competing that you know 
that you only see with your own eyes. Like, man, these dudes are just playing because they got that check already. They got to play right, right now. Yeah. Right. They're going through the motions out there, exactly. man. Exactly. Going and through you, the motions. You, you're absolutely right about him being brought in to, you know, just kind of be that yes man for yeah. for guard for guard packs because that that's true. I mean, yeah. and they would just throw him stuff and he just got to take it. Yeah. And he's just doing whatever they ask him to. I mean, why is Cameron Payne on my basketball team? Good I Lord. know that is not a Hoiberg decision. You know what Ooh. I'm saying? But yeah, man. So I, he was brought in to do all that. The deck is stacked against you. Totally true. Got all that. All your points are valid. Mm -hmm. But you, my man, I'm looking at what you're doing out there on the court. I'm looking at the decisions you're making yeah. because friend or not, that's what your people are going to judge you on is, is the decisions that you're making of out course. there as a coach. And the adjustments as well. Yes, yes, man. And and he was horrific at him. He was just terrible at him, man. He just really was. He Listen, was not good at him, man. So I, I had yeah. my own things about coaches with, with Mr. Mike D'Antoni over there with his lack of adjustments. He's another coach <laughs> that doesn't know yes. how to adjust. And I scream. I want to throw the remote at the TV every damn day. But oh, man. that's exactly what was going on over there. And um, since uh, Freddie Holberg has been gone now, the new guy, Jim Boylan, <laughs> who's... <laughs> Also caused a lot of stir that he, he's been. It's been what, like two weeks now since he's been right. Jeez, I'm <laughs> like, weeks, bro, you would think weeks. it's two months the way the way he's been in the news for these two weeks that he's been there. So yeah. if if uh, if the family doesn't know, uh, the Bulls, I think it was last Sunday or last week or whatever, they infamously they refused to practice and they 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 instead they called for a players only meeting. Then they had a meeting with the players and coaches, and they're basically not feeling their head coach Jim Boylan right now, to put it lightly. And he's been named uh, remaining the head coach for the remainder of the season. And, I mean, he's not necessarily a new coach or a, a new guy around the block. Uh, an early head coach as Fred Hoiberg is, he's had about 30 years or so of head coaching. Uh, excuse me, not head coaching experience, of coaching experience as a whole. I know he coached some uh, assistant coaching in San Antonio with the Popovich. And I know he did some work in Houston as well. And I looked up uh, Jim Boylan. I didn't realize, um, I don't know if you know this, Big Dave, but uh, Stevie Franchise, when he won Rookie of the Year, that he shouted out Jim Boylan, and he said he was the one of the main reasons for his success um, wow. of his winning Rookie of the Year. And that actually shocked me. I'm like, this guy? You know? <laughs> you know? But, you know, the, uh, the Young Bulls have been... I guess I would say up and down in the past two weeks because they did have an excellent win last night against the Spurs coming back from 21 down Man. to win that game, which was a great wow. game. I was watching that was. Uh, with Chris Dunn taking over mm. at the end, <laughs> giving mm. buckets. Mm. But um, so they're kind of calling Jim Boylan's tactics. They're saying he put, they're pushing, he's pushing them a little bit too hard and more of like a high school basketball vibe with the extra push-ups, suicides and things like that. Kind of calling it Jim Boylan's boot camp. So... A lot of guys, uh, a lot of analysts out there are calling the Young Bulls entitled by their complaining or so of about Jim Boylan's tactics. So I wanted to ask you, Dave, how do you feel about Jim Boylan's head coaching style right now? And is he an OK hire, hire or what's your thoughts on that? Whew. Oh, man, I lot. did a whole show on this, man. I know. Um, it was a lot. <laughs> man, it's it, it's a lot. Jim Boylan, I don't know enough. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen enough of him to know if he can coach or not. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? On or a head coaching coach. level, right? Yeah. I haven't right exactly. I haven't seen enough of him to know if he's a good or bad uh, head coach. Like you said, it's only been two weeks, even though it's felt like two months. Yeah, uh, I just have no idea. But I, let me look at what he's he, he's done. He came in. I mean, he came in hot. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Very. Like, <laughs> hot, bro. So, 
I mean, you, you it's kind of like, you know, your mom getting a divorce and you bring in the stepdad mm-hmm. and, he, you know, immediately takes all your toys away. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and you're like, to dude, discipline what? you. To discipline you, he <laughs> takes it away. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, like I don't even know you, kid. Yeah. Like, what you want? Yep. And, and you're like, we just, we're getting cool. Like, it's going from being, you know, a friend to a, to a stepfather. Mm-hmm. And he kind of did that. Like, they, I'm sure he had good relationships with the players as an assistant. But as a head coach, it's different when, you know, wearing, wearing the hat. You know what I mean? So, it, it came in hot, bro. And I'm not agreeing with things that he did or said at mm-hmm. all. Because personally, I think everybody's to blame mm-hmm. from top to the bottom. I agree. But what he, what he did, well, the, the main problem I had with him and that whole conditioning thing was when he came out and said, this team is just not in great condition. We're going to get them within the shape. They have to get in condition. That was crazy with, to me. Whether it's a fact or not, just you mean to tell me he didn't see this early? D- d- thank you. That's why <laughs> you I thought it was crazy this? also. I'm you like, didn't see this early on that see? bench this whole time. If they weren't in condition now, they weren't in condition two days ago when you were the assistant right. coach. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, it's like taking your car to your mechanic for years, and you don't. You're asking what's wrong, and he's like, I don't know what's wrong. You're like, you know what? I'm through with this car. I'm gonna sell it to you. That was crazy. And he buys it, and then he's like, Oh, <laughs> let me put this fan belt on here. That's what's wrong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I've been asking you with a problem all this time. You know what I mean? Like, what's going on with my team? Can you help me? And for, it felt like sabotage to me. It really did. Mm. And I don't and I don't think it is. It's just I'm just telling you how it felt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's not something you just see. You yeah. don't just see that. You know what I mean? That we need to work harder and we need to have, you know, be in better condition. So crazy. That's that's how I fought him on that. But this is where I stand alone because nobody, um, especially at, at uh uh Bulls Outsiders, I'm I'm, I'm definitely alone on this one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how anybody absolves the players for their reaction. Mm. I could not stand their reaction mm. at all. It, it was uh, it bothered me to no end. Because, Wait, you mean because they they didn't want to be practice that hard? You mean yes? Okay. I, don't, I don't like. Listen, if you don't want to, I get that. You don't. You, but you go and you go in and you tell the coach and you had that thing now. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm in agreement there with you. Yes. Knock that out. Knock that out there. I shouldn't know anything about what happened between them because as soon as coach says, "Dude, we just lost. We're going to practice." You just go to practice and then you air it out there. Yeah, I used air to it to out handle there. Handle it like men. Handle it like a professional. Like a professional. They did not handle. They yes. did not handle it like professional, especially after yeah. losing by fifty six that, points. Yes, that's my issue. Listen, you need to get in that gym a little bit more if you're losing by fifty six points because if you lose by fifty six, to me, that's that's effort. That's a lack right. of effort. You get what I'm saying? It's no no team is 56 points better than another team in the NBA. I don't care Ooh. how many all-stars you have in that team. Like my man Steven has said, it's a damn disgrace if you yes. if you want to be it's honest. A- it's a disgrace. So if I if you gotta run some sprints that mm-hmm. uh, uh to eliminate you losing by 56 points, because you just gave up at that point. Honestly, you just gave up, and everybody knows you don't want to admit it, but you gave up. Let's be real. You shouldn't be losing yeah. by that much. And if if I got to make you run some sprints, some suicides to 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 get it through your head mm-hmm. that we need to take this a little bit more serious, mm-hmm. then that's what I got to do a little bit. I don't necessarily agree with all the tactics, but I agree with the message kind of in a way. Right. No, I, I yes. Yeah. And the fact that and, 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 and to be fair, um, that whole week um, on the Monday, they had the game was Saturday. On the mm. Monday, they had like a two and a half hour practice. Mm. Tuesday, they played a game. Wednesday, they had another two and a half hour practice. Thursday, they practice again. 
I think I think they probably go to shoot around one or the other. Uh, Friday they had a game, and Saturday they had a game, and so all they heard was we got to go back to practice again. Like, what are you doing, dog? Like, after a back to back, we don't want to go back to practice. Crazy. Again. Fair. I get that point. You're right, but you're six and twenty-two. <laughs> so obviously, what you were doing up to that point wasn't working. So I'm like, if coach is telling me, regardless if I like it or not, if he's telling me I got oh. to go to practice as a professional, which is why I like Laurie Marketing, because he said the same thing. He said, man, there are people who work there yeah. that live an hour away from there. They got to show up. Mm-hmm. He's like, I thought about how disrespectful it is to them to tell them I'm not coming in when I know that they have to come in to work. Yeah. Like, that's a professional. That's how you handle it. You don't say, I'm going to go hang out at a friend's house, sit our phones on the table, and watch them ring. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, this is saved by the bail or something, bro. This ain't base act. This plays like, right after games, after playoff games, that go right back in the gym and start shooting again if you had a bad man, day. because that's greatness, Just That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's want to be great. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about, Just. Yeah. That's the stuff I'm talking about. I know you're tired. I know it ain't right. I get that. But I thought we talking about being great. I thought yes. we talking about being good out yes. here, bro. Yes. Show up because he said, so what? Uh, no good team does this. This don't happen on good team. This is losing culture stuff. It is. It is. And that's what frustrates me more than anything. That I don't think I don't. I didn't like that uh, people weren't seeing this. Mm-hmm. Like this is what losing culture's thing. Nick Van Exel did this when he was on the Nuggets when he said, "I'm not going to practice. Uh, we're going to boycott practice." And mm-hmm. they damn near boycotted the game with Dan this. <laughs> like it, it happened in New Jersey in like 08, 09 when they was going through all yeah. this stuff. Yep. Like, these are all losing teams. I'm talking about. Like I'm not talking about no winning team. Of course that, not. There's dysfunction on every kind of team, man. But, you know, you, winning solves all that stuff. And you can't tell me that he was handcuffing uh, when he took the, the players out the game in the third quarter, which was silly. He did. He took the starters out in the third quarter, and then he that's when everything the whole got out of hand. Unit. Whole, five. whole five. But what, the whole five was in when they were down 17 to nothing to start the game. This dude's crazy, So man. don't tell me that, <laughs> oh, it wouldn't have been as lopsided. It still would have been an L. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why you acting like it would have been a two point game? Exactly. You were down 17 nothing so, so, to kick it off. Exactly. So to me, I feel like Jim Boylan, to me, it shouldn't be. He, he's going to be the coach for the remainder of the season, remainder yes, of the yeah. season, whatever. But for me, like going forward next year, I feel like they need to move on from him as well, which is crazy because that's a lot mm-hmm. of damn coaches the Bulls have had that's the last lot, couple bro. of years. But to me, I feel like the best coach for Chicago is like a <clears throat> like a young coach with a lot of player respect. I feel like you have to get a. a, a I mean, it would be nice to have a veteran coach, and it would be nice, but I feel like the core is so young that maybe preferably a former player, a, a black coach in particular, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind, a, a like Jalen Rose said, a Juwan Howard in there who, who comes up on the Pat Riley coaching tree under Spo, that's solid to me. A, a, a Jerry Stackhouse is solid to me, young coaches like that. Or I don't know how the people feel about Mark Jackson because it's, it's, that's all. They don't like him. They don't like him. <laughs> they do not like him. I, mean, I, I like Mark be, Jackson, but they don't like him. I know. I wouldn't be mad at Mark over there. I mean, what kind of coach you feel like would be the best coach for Chicago? Uh, I, I, everything you just said is right. A young coach. Uh, I pref- of course I would prefer a black coach mm-hmm. because that's not something the Bulls have had. Let, just let me give you a list. Come on, man. Let me give you a list of black coaches in Bulls history. Uh, <laughs> Bill Cartwright. Game over. He was a coach. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's crazy, man. Come on. That's your only head coach. Like Pete Myers did it, but that's because they had fired some coaches. He was an assistant, Mm -hmm. so he just moved over. So I'm not counting that. But that's it. In your entire history, it's it's been Bill Cartwright. And come on, he come on. He was coaching a terrible, terrible, terrible team. Come on, man. Never got another head coach job after that. Representing the city with number one tennis in the league every damn year. Come on. (laughs) Every year, bro. Every year. But but yeah, I agree with that. Like when I heard Jalen Rose say Juwan Howard. 
I said, oh, wow, that would be awesome. That sounds like Chicago native, too. Chicago native, definitely respected, has a pedigree, you know what I'm saying, and a really nice resume, mm. you know, coming in. So, and I know he was interviewing for those, that Knicks position yes. before Fisdale got it, mm-hmm. and he was interviewing for the Pistons position before uh, Dwayne Casey got it. Mm-hmm. And another thing that plays to his advantage is the Bulls love first-time head coaches. They yeah. don't really hire head coaches. Yeah, experienced this, coaches. This regime. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't really hire experienced coaches with this regime. I think Scott Skiles was the only one, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. that had head coaching experience. So, yeah, man, this would be a... I, w- I would love for that to happen. Now, Jim Boylan, I don't... Like I said, I don't know yet. So I don't know if I'm ready to just kick him out yet because I still want to see... Because I've actually liked what I saw, okay. how they played in that first game against Indiana. Okay. I like how they played against OKC. Of course, mm-hmm. I hated how they played against Boston. Mm-hmm. And I hated how they played that... Uh, the the next two games mm-hmm. because you know they're a bad team didn't look like no effort this game it looked like they played with some effort and their defense was awesome their rotations were really good especially in that fourth quarter and I like how they played so I want to give him a chance to you know finish out the season and see how it goes but yeah I would love to bring in a young a younger coach that is more relatable to the players that has a resume and a pedigree that they can respect and mm. that they can speak so I would love some and coming from a Pat Riley coaching tree. And Pat Riley coaches, you know, come on now. They come like on, his yeah. coaching tree is you nice. Know, you know he what sprinkles all his little knowledge on everyone around. <laughs> He's but another yeah. whisperer. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm I with a uh, coach like Jawan Howard. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hear that. And um speaking of uh Chicago natives. In the news of the Chicago Bulls, Jabari Parker, man, it's crazy. Officially out of the rotation right now. Chicago Bulls have been looking to move him recently. The second pick of the 2014 draft is crazy. This offseason, he signed a two-year, $40 million, $40 million contract, and a, there's a player option on the second year. And um, another hometown Chicago boy played at, uh, I think he was at Simeon High School, right? With D. Yes, Rose and him? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, D. Rose um, is high school. Yeah. yeah. So he's averaging, what, 15 and 7 this year, mm-hmm. 45% from the floor, only 23 years old. And That's he was the, basically the Bulls' prized offseason signing. And they brought him in. He started at the small forward spot, didn't work out in Hoiberg's quote-unquote pace and space offense (laughs) needed another versatile scorer and he was playing solid this year I mean I understand his defense is not the highest grade and we understood that coming in because he was never known as a Tony Allen let's 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 keep it real now and he's been solid I think he's he's career highs in rebounding he's the second leading scorer of the team he had a, a stretch of Four double-doubles in seven games, I remember, during this year. He scored 20 or more in countless games. And he's basically just out of nowhere, just out of the rotation. And me and you, I know, also are big supporters of Jabari Park. I like Jabari, and I thought he yeah. had some great game. I guess it's because I'm a Mellow fan, and he reminds me of Mellow somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy to me that he's out of rotation. And it's just, to me, is a little ridiculous, honestly, for a losing team to just take him out of rotation. What are your thoughts on that, Dave? Yeah, man. Like you said, uh, I'm, I'm definitely on as what my friend uh, Fred calls Jabari Island, and it's, <laughs> and it's very, it's very lonely on Jabari Island because I'm by myself out there, bro. You know, it's a lot of space out here, uh-huh. but but it's all right. I'm I'm still on that island. Um, he was, to people's credit, I I, I give you this point because when he was brought in, he he came in again. He came in hot. <laughs> Same yeah, way, man. See, that was his mistake right there. Those comments Step about one. Him not playing defense. I was yes, in there like, that, shut up. 
Oh man, they lost it, and, and people lost it, and and, and they rightfully so. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They should have because they don't. He pay deserved him. that. That criticism. He deserved all that, and so once he said that, it was kind of a rap for him and how yeah. people felt about him. He was gonna Short have leash. to. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He was gonna have to play a certain kind of way for yeah. them to get back to his level of respect. And in Chicago, you know, they love the grind, mm-hmm. they love the grit, bro. So they they like that stuff. So players like Melo and things, they they don't really vibe with. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Even though Chicago with defense, yep. Uh, yes, even though we would have loved to have him back a few <laughs> years ago. Oh my god! Woo. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. Oh, but man, what Jabari? He also came in out of shape. He had to play himself yes. back into shape and and find out where he was in the offense that isn't offense conducive to what he does. You know what I'm saying? Like a pace and space kind of thing. Uh, on the offensive end, yeah, but defensively, eh, not so much. And and the fact that he's six eight, and they wanted him to play the three, and he's more comfortable at the four. Yeah, all these questions. You know what I'm saying? Are are why people. Were rightfully so upset at more so at the signing than they were at, at uh, Jabari Parker the and the fact was he got weird. yeah yeah and and the fact he got twenty mil so everybody yes, was that was, also <laughs> yeah they were really upset at yeah. all of those things I was never upset at it because I always feel like when you're a bad team you're not in any position to turn down young and athletic talent mm. period and two the Bulls if they got no one like who else I always ask the question who did you want. Like if, if they had you don't get Jabari left. Parker, right? If you don't get Jabari Parker, who do you want? And when they were trying to tell me, well, they should have stayed pat and not did anything, you know that's a lie because those fans would have heated them oh, if yes. they didn't do anything. Oh, the them. Bulls didn't get anyone. Yep. Nobody was waste, out there. Waste of an off season. Yes, did, did all this to try to improve. Yeah, man, exactly. All those narratives would have been raining down on them. So it was a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So they they brought in a guy, and it was a risk, but a calculated risk. Mm-hmm. Because like I kept saying the whole time, if it doesn't work, it doesn't hurt you. Hey, because, because it's, it's a, a team 20, option. Team option. That's 20 mil you had. You know, It doesn't hurt anything about mm-hmm. whatever you're going to do going forward. If he doesn't work out, you get him out of here. You don't have to see him again. Be more mad that Cristiano Felicio got a four-year deal. Good. Be more mad that Cristiano Felicio. Come on, come, come on. That's the that's the first on, and last man. time I'll ever mention his name on the show. Are I you promise. kidding me? <laughs> hey, come on, man. You got campaign. You pick up his option. I got to see him again next Look, year. Cameron Payne stinks, by the way. It's terrible. He Horrific. Stinks. Horrific. So I'm more mad at that than I am one-year deals. I agree. Now, when he played himself back into shape, just. You saw what he was doing. In those last, I believe, nine games before mm-hmm. Hoiberg got fired, he was averaging 20 and 9. Mm-hmm. So he was, playing, he, was, he was showing a little bit more effort, too. He was showing way better effort. He was trying. He was out there doing it. And people, and another thing people always forget, coming off of two ACL surgeries. Yes. Okay? I, like, you, you're going to need some time to get back into it. Definitely. Look at what time Derrick Rose needed to get back to this. You know what I'm saying? Yes. To get back to being this kind of player. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... You got to give people some time. And he's so young, man, to have those kind of knee injuries. Yes. Like, it's tough. You know what I'm saying? It's tough. But he, that money is what they're mad at. I'm not mad at no brother getting paid <laughs> Why people at all. his pockets for? Come on, man. Get out his check. Like, I'm, Boy, I'm looking at worse contracts like Nicholas Batum <laughs> making 24 mil. And, counting this man's pockets, come on. man? Come you, on, man. You like, know, I I'm kill people man. every day. People have a weird obsession with CP3's contract. It's four years. <laughs> people mm. have a weird obsession on Twitter with counting that man's pockets and counting anyone who makes... A lot of money. I mean, if they yeah. if they were able to negotiate that contract, why are you mad? 
if, right. if, if, if the team didn't have to go over the cap and it didn't hamper them in any way to a lot of people forget that a lot of these teams they go over the cap and they have their bird rights and things of that nature in order to give them those high massive salaries Jabari didn't have that particular thing but the Wolves um, the Wolves the Bulls had um, I think 12 million dollars in cap room or 20 million in cap room in order to give him so it didn't really right. hurt them to sign up not at all it didn't hurt him at all yeah. and the only time I bring up contracts is when I'm talking about the productivity on the court yes so when I bring up a Nicholas Batum and when I bring up a Ryan Anderson you know what I'm saying? And uh, I bring yes. up guys like that. And Gallinari or something. Like when I Chandler when I bring Parsons. up Chandler, oh my goodness. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like those, those are some of the greatest thieves ever. Yes. Like when I when I bring up them, I ain't mad they got paid. I'm not you know, mad. but I'm talking about productivity yes. on the court. And Jabari's productivity was getting better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he was performing better as as a uh, as a player and Definitely. everything like that. So I just wanted to see him perform get better, but Kendall Gill said it best to me when he said he's never seen anything like this in his career. And and for me, that says it all. This dude's been was in the league for a long time. Yep. And he's telling me over his years watching basketball, he's never seen anything like this where a guy gets benched after getting better. And you're telling me, y'all, we don't need him. So obviously they're they're gonna trade him. Obviously, they're gonna, you know, get him off the team and uh hopefully he goes somewhere and continues uh to be productive, man. Mm-hmm. Cause it just it didn't work out. But again, it was a one-year deal. It's yeah. all right. We're it's, done. It's, it, to me, it's not a big deal. The Bulls are losing anyway. And, you know, it's trying for Zion right now anyway. So, right. either way, if you didn't like him, just cut him, whatever. I guess maybe, of course, now they're going to try to see if they can get a deal for him, which I guess is a smart move. If you're going to bench the guy, you might as well. And mm. I feel like the Bulls this year, they just needed to sign a quality, respected vet veteran mm-hmm. player to put in that mm-hmm. locker room right now not a veteran like a uh like a like a david west maybe who's not really going to play significant minutes to me they needed a vet that can come in and actually play and lead by example as well as being vocal in the locker room as well so yeah. I, to mix along it with those young pieces because the bulls got some pieces man they definitely got some nice young pieces they, yeah, that they can do. prosper they just need one little vet to go with them a la not a LeBron's caliber, but the way LeBron went over there with LA Lakers, so a, a vet to go with those young pieces around him, and it will accelerate everyone's game a little bit more because it'll be less pressure on everyone. So that's what I feel like the Bulls really is what they need going forward. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Definitely. So we're going to monitor that uh, Jabari situation as well, man. That, that's going to be crazy, man. It's going to be it very is. interesting. Very. Yeah. very. Um, and the theme of this episode is pack them bags. I mean, we talked about Freddie Hoiberg had to pack his bags. Jabari got to pack his bags now. Um, I think Jim Boylan's going to have to pack his bags at the end of the season. <laughs> A lot of dudes are packing their bags right now because we know this weekend it was it's finally December 15th. As everyone's been screaming about, now a lot of players are eligible to be traded now. A lot of players who were uh, signed in the offseason can now be traded. And there's a couple of dudes in... I feel like I gotta pack them bags, Dave. A mm. lot of the dudes might have to pack their bags from now on, from now until the trading deadline. Definitely. So I wanted to talk about a few guys that I feel like, and that we feel like, need to pack their bags because they might be out of here by the trade deadline this uh, this season. It's, and it's gonna be interesting. So what, I wanted to switch it up a little bit. I wanted to basically we'll talk about each one of these players here on the list, and then you're gonna throw out the summer ones that you have as well, Dave. And let's basically rank them on a one to five scale on the likelihood that we think these guys will get traded by the deadline. Basically, 
Like how many bags they got to pack from one to five. Okay. I got you. <laughs> so I'm going to start here on a interesting one. John Wall. John Wall. John. Oh, wow. I cannot believe he's actually on this list right now for dudes who might have to pack their bags. But mm. we know the Washington Wizards have been uh, terrible this year. They've been a major disappointment right right now. They just acquired Trevor Reza in that weird-ass deal, bringing him over there to Washington <laughs> for Kelly Oubre and, and right. Austin Rivers. I don't right. know what the Wizards are doing right now, but it looks like they're trying to win, I guess, by bringing a vet in or trying to make the playoffs at least. They're out of, they have a below 500 record. John Wall and Bradley Beal are both reportedly on the trading block. So, John Wall, on a scale, him, how many bags he has to pack by the deadline, I think he's going to get a lot of offers right now, but I ultimately don't think they're going to pull the trigger on him. So, I think maybe he might have to have Two bags, packs. So on a scale of one through five, I might have him on a two for how much I think John Wall will be dealt at the deadline. I don't think, I think they're going to try to de- deal him, but they ultimately can't get anything for him because it won't be enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say one bag, man. Mm, I think bag. he'll, he'll, he'll be there because one, for all the reasons you, you, uh, correctly stated. And also, man, that contract, man. Oof. That contract is listen. Shout out to Rich Paul, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my His man's contract bag everywhere. KCP too. <laughs> my goodness, the man has it in his contract that if he gets put up, taken off the team and Crazy. traded, he still gets fifteen percent of that contract. Crazy. Like, like, dude, Crazy. like that's unheard of. Stuff, but honestly, man. John Wall had to get the max though at that time. What were you gonna do? He like, did. not pay the dude, and he would have left. And they paid no, Bradley Beal already too. I feel like. No, no, he had yeah. to get the max. Yeah. But if you leave, you get fifteen percent. Woo, that's me. And the way it's structured, yeah, you know, oh, they like kick it a trade it. kicker too, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, man, yeah, it's brilliant. What a brilliant contract it that uh, Rich Paul negotiated and had him sign. It, it so is. I think off of that contract alone, and if you want to add in the fact that you know he's the best player on the team, arguably you could argue Bradley Beal or him, either one, but. If you want to argue that, that's cool, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that when you let go of him, you're clearly starting over. You're clearly rebuilding. Yeah. And, it, yeah, you can add all those things in. But for me, it's it's mostly that check. Yeah, I, yeah. I just think that that's the reason he. I don't see him going. He should definitely have a bag pack, though. You know, maybe a carry-on. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just he, ready to go. But. I mean, I think he's going to get some... Di- I feel like... I know the Knicks are crazy enough to deal for him. Deal for him. <laughs> they are. They yeah. are, and you know what's crazy? I wouldn't even be that mad because I still feel like John Wall has talent. I'm not gonna lie to you. I know a lot of people are killing John Wall right now, but to me, John Wall is very talented. Anyway, he has the tools to be that talented, and he can be. It's just that to me, there's too much nonsense going on in Washington. You know, people just need a change of scenery. He's a yeah, dude that just yeah. needs a change of, change of scenery. But I'm scared of New York for him because you know Wall love to party. Rose Bar. <laughs> There's, there's a lot more rose bars in New York City that you can get in trouble at. <laughs> That's what I'm a little worried about with John Wall, man. A little worried about there. But um, Bradley Beal, Big Dave, what's your uh, one to five? Whew, for Bradley Beal? Yeah. I'm going to, man, I give him two. Mm, okay, so you think none of them are moving? Yeah, I don't uh, really, I don't see them leaving. Okay. I just don't. I don't see them going anywhere mm-hmm. because it's, it's just been a, such a disappointing season. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. For these guys. It's just been one disappointing season. Bill is finally, you know, kind of healthy. 
Um, because you know he had a lot of injury issues, you know, mm-hmm. the first uh maybe couple years, but you know he's he's finally healthy and and I love the way he plays. And you saw how good he played last year with Wall out. Yeah, he's, I mean he was over twenty five. He was averaging. Oh, he was getting it in, man. And it's very hard to find just one great player, but then two of them. Like that's that's difficult, but man. That means to he's just find. Yes, teams are gonna and, be calling. Oh, oh, the phone is ringing. Yeah, <laughs> I say that the phone is ringing. <laughs> but are the Wizards bright enough to pull this off? And from what mm. we just saw, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We I know don't that front know. office. Come on, man. Ernie I don't Grunfeld. know if they're. Yeah, man. I don't have any faith in them. I agree. So to pull off something that good, where they don't uh, get burned in return. Mm. So I kind of. That's why I kind of see them standing pat. Is because of the fiasco that just went down with them yes. in the trade they tried to make, man. Mm. So that I don't, I don't know. And then I'm sure it, it, like bringing in a reason means you're actually trying to do something. That's what I'm saying. That means you want that veteran presence in there to, to try to yeah. right the ship, I guess. Basically, right, exactly. Yeah. So that lets me know that they're putting in an effort to to stick with these guys, and we just needed to make a quick change on that to see if they could play. That's crazy because yeah. I feel like those two those two boys got to be broken up right now. I'm not gonna lie. If, if not now, because I don't know if they could find the best deal, but definitely to me by the summer, I feel like one of those two have to be traded. I was watching that game against that they played against the Celtics when Kyrie killed him in in overtime. Oh, um, yo, I saw John Wall, Bradley Beal, when each other scored. The other one wasn't clapping for you, for the other one. They weren't happy for that person to be scoring, and they would take they were having the lead. It was an overtime. It was a close game. John Wall was on a tear. Actually, him and Kyrie were going at it, and Bradley Beal wasn't really congratulating him like that. Bradley Beal towards the end of the game, he got that offensive rebound. John Wall didn't clap. He was just like, "All right, let's go." And I, I didn't like that. Means they don't really like each other, and that's a problem. You gotta have people players, especially your two best players, have to like each other at least. Mm. In order to prosper, so or, mm. or mutual respect. I don't feel like they respect each other enough, honestly. Yeah, from my vantage I, point, I think it's more for me. It's more respect than yeah. liking you. Like yeah. I don't have to like you, yeah. but when we on that court, yeah, you know, we got to be together. Hundred percent. Um, so you got a guy that you want to throw out right now? Uh, one of your guys actually from from your hometown squad, man. Mm. I think Cor- Courtney Lee. Mm. Courtney Lee. Okay. Courtney Lee. This is the this is the time where players on bad teams like Courtney Lee get, get traded to yes. teams that are trying to get to a finals and trying to win. Now, for for me, it's because I'm what was Courtney is like a 10-year vet, mm-hmm. you know, on a team that is clearly rebuilding. Mm-hmm. He still has a couple years left on his contract. One, I think one year left uh, on his contract, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe I know him and, and Fizdale. I don't know, man. I don't know if Fizdale's too high on, you know what I'm saying, on Courtney Lee, man. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. Cause I know then he tried to play him and Tim Hardaway together and didn't just didn't, yep. didn't go down, yep. didn't work out. Oh, um, so uh yeah, I don't see Courtney still being there. Listen, I think his bags you, better be packed, Dave. Yeah, get that, get that Gucci <laughs> luggage ready. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> get it packed up, bro, because he by that trade deadline, I expect them to be out of there. Oh, yeah. I think Cordy Lee is definitely, definitely going to be out of there. But I'm glad you brought up a Knicks player, man, because I have one on the lowest of keys that might need to have his bags packed. Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh. Yes. On the lowest oh, yeah. of keys. And let me tell you why. I know you probably heard this. I'm not sure if you did. But the Rook, Iso Zoe, Alonzo Trier, 
Mm-hmm. He just signed a two-year deal. It was an undrafted rookie. He signed a two-year deal. And to me, I was reading also that them signing him is also a play for them to try to acquire Kevin Durant in the offseason because Ooh. I didn't realize that Kevin Durant and Alonzo Trey are very close. Kevin KD, KD's, I was reading, is basically served as his, as his mentor. Isozo when he was in high school in Oklahoma City, he was in high school when KD was there, and they have a pretty close relationship. And KD was basically going to his high school games out there in OKC and talking to him a lot. And Zoe was having a pretty solid rookie season scoring. He's averaging 11, 47 percent from the floor. And because they've signed him, remember they gave Tim Hardaway Jr. that crazy contract, Mm -hmm. but. Tim Hardaway Jr. can ball, and I feel like he's going to be—he would be a valuable commodity on another team. And also with him having that contract that he had, they gave him what seventy-two mil, eighty mil. Mm. They might need to free up that money even more to mm. throw at another free agent this offseason because the Knicks need two. They need to try <laughs> to get two. <laughs> yes, they need to. They Very need true. something down there. So I feel like Tim Hardaway Jr. might need to get his bags back, and a team maybe that could be looking to upgrade or 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 sees a, a part of the roster definitely could use them like i threw out the, the dallas mavericks the other day i feel mm-hmm. like that's a team that might look at tim hardaway jr if they're worried about the pairing with uh dennis smith jr and luka Doncic. now maybe they want to move and move the team along with luka Doncic instead of dennis smith jr as as, as their starting point guard even though luka plays like the two three now because he's six seven yeah, but it's going to be interesting how that dynamic is going forward because they're not necessarily the greatest pair, DSJ and Luka Doncic, but they're a solid pairing. And yeah. I, I feel like Tim Hardaway Jr. needs to be a little careful <laughs> by the trade deadline all this offseason. Yeah. He's, he's definitely having his luggage packed standing yeah. right next to Courtney. Yeah. Stand, standing on the curb waiting on the, the cab to come get him. Definitely. Um, because like you said, the Knicks are, are clearly in rebuilding mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to get ready for a free agency. And like you said, man, they need, they're need going to need to free up some of that money. Definitely. Because if I'm looking at, I mean, you, like you signed ISO, you got uh, the young man from Kentucky. Y'all just got, mm-hmm. um, you got, still got Kevin got, Knox now. Kevin Knox, yes. You still got um, uh, Porzingis there. So those guys are, are there. Those are the only three that I, in my head. Maybe you know more that'll be there, but I know mm-hmm. that those three Listen, are they like, gotta get rid of the damn French Krilla, Natila Kina, that bum. Oh, <laughs> what a crazy draft. Get rid of that bum. Get, get him up out of here, man. <laughs> so they got they got moves to make, and, and Hardaway's contract definitely makes him movable. Definitely. Man, so. Um, yeah, so who's the guy you got that should have his uh his bags back? Oh man, uh, let me open it back up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kent I got to throw out. Oh, oh, you have one? Kent, Kent Bazemore, sir. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think Kent Bazemore should definitely have those bags packed again because of that contract. And, you know, again, the Hawks are clearly, you know, revealed. I mean, clearly, mm. <laughs> that's what they're doing. Clearly. The, o- the only reason I would see them holding on to him is if they want a veteran presence there. But why would you want that? You still got Vince Carter. Mm-hmm. So, I don't see why you would continue to hold on to Bazemore. I would get him out there, get some more assets, stockpile, and, and help build this team around Trey Young yeah. a little bit more, man, and lessen that contract. My man, and, and congratulations to him. He's making like 18 this year, making 19 Crazy. the next year. So congratulations, Kim Bazemore. <laughs> you, you the man, bro. I ain't nothing, nothing but love for you on yeah. that one, bro. Man, that's awesome. But for that kind of team that he's on, and he can't, and he's making that much money, and he's not the best player. 
And it's clearly about Trey Young and his world. So you got to get him out of there, man. And I'm sure they're going to be phones ringing off the hook. Definitely. To get him. So oh, he, yes. should, he should definitely, you know, have his Louis Vuitton uh, luggage packed up. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yo, Dave, you know, I was thinking about this also. Another one that I have on the lowest of keys, who I think low key might need to pack their bags. And you tell me if I'm crazy with this is... Okay. Isaiah Thomas at the Denver Nuggets. Wow. Let me tell you why I think so. Because I think when he comes back, which should be soon, I think in the next couple of weeks, he should be back from his hip injury. Mm-hmm. How are they going to find minutes for Isaiah Thomas right now? Because they've been great without him. Monte Man. Morris, Monte Morris is, 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 has, uh, has turned into a solid point guard off the bench. You got Murray, you got Gary Smith, you got Will Barton. They uh they got a lot of boys over there that need minutes and they're playing well. I still think the Devin Nuggets a fool's goal. I, I put me on the island there, but I'm not a big Nuggets fan. I think they uh they're not as good as as advertised, but they're a very solid team. Um, but Isaiah Thomas when he comes back, where are the minutes are they gonna find for him? And then remember also he's in a contract year as well, so he wants to put up some numbers. He wants to get some money because he did sign for the vet minimum, I believe minimum. Isaiah Thomas, yeah. which is crazy. MVP yeah. candidate three years ago. Now he's playing for the vet minimum. And I think towards the deadline, players that might need a, a, another off-the-bench scorer, mm-hmm. they might be looking at Isaiah. And the Nuggets might be thinking about it. So I, I feel like he needs to have three, not four bags packed, honestly, Isaiah mm-hmm. Thomas. Unless he comes out and he balls out, which I don't know because he's come back from injury, he might have to have the bags packed. Man, just I'm uh, I'm gonna jump on the crazy train with you, bro. Like <laughs> you gotta have at least four of them. Bags that's what I'm packs, saying. Bro. That's not that crazy, right? I don't I don't think that's crazy, bro. <laughs> I, I really don't. And and Isaiah's had a tough couple years, man. I, I feel bad. Hard, uh, personally and professionally, he's yeah. had a tough couple years, bro. I mean, he's just been bounced around from team to team, and he can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And he just continues to get hurt. And like you said, when a team like Denver, Denver you know, looks really solid when yeah. I watch them play. I enjoy watching them play basketball, man. And like you said, where are the men is going to come? And the other thing that nobody is 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 mentioning is Michael Porter Jr. Yes, I forgot to mention him. Look at <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. is coming still back. coming yeah. back. And he is definitely getting some time. You damn he right he's getting some minutes. <laughs> he's got, definitely got a shot on that bench. So that's going to take away from him also. Like, it's it's too many factors right now. It, it would be a... I, would, I shouldn't say cold-blooded because that's too harsh to trade him like that. But it's it's business, man. And they got to do what's best for their team. So I understand if they're saying, yo, man, we, we just don't have room for you right now. Yes. Yeah, we got to move forward a little bit. So, yeah, it's... <sighs> Crazy, yeah, man. Crazy turn it's, of events, man. Yeah, bro. I wish him all the best, for real, man. I do. I do. That's tough. Crazy. A little um, one for me before we move on. I, I was thinking about um, Terry Rozier. It's another Terry interesting Rozier. one. Like, I don't think he should be traded, like, at all. Like, mm-hmm. but then again, I think he should be at the same time because... I don't really mess. I don't love his fit on this Boston Celtics squad. I I, I okay. love his fit for another team. You get what I'm saying? Because him to to me, him and Kyrie, they're not necessarily carbon copies. Because obviously Kyrie is is more talented than him, but mm. their skill sets are way too similar for me. And I think Terry Rozier has blossomed into a point guard that could help a team a lot more than he's helping the Celtics. Because he did prove it last year in, in in the playoffs. So to me, I don't know if his bag should be packed. But to me, I'm 50 50 on him. So I'm gonna go with 
three, unless the Celtics get a good deal for him. That to me will be the only reason why his bags may be packed because I think at the end of the summer though, him or Kyrie is gonna have to go. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And that's that's why I'm gonna give him a two, is because mm. it's it's him or Kyrie. You yeah. know, because Kyrie's um Man, I don't. I, Ky, Kyrie might have more bags packed because mm. he just might be leaving. You know what I'm saying? True. Might be getting out of there um, and going somewhere else. So, for that's the only reason I'm giving them two because I'm sure they don't want to put themselves in a position where they just don't have no point guard that they could trust. Yeah, uh, back there running. So they want to kind of wait and see what Kyrie wants to do before yes. they get they gonna play the waiting game. Yeah, I, I see them playing that game because, I mean, unless they just want to be crazy and push all their chips in in the middle of the floor, you know what I'm saying, in the middle of the table, excuse me, and just say, yo, Kyrie, we just believe you're coming back because you said you were. You said you wanted yep, to be here. So you said it. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and believe what you said. But, you know, again, this is a business, ladies and gentlemen. Like, if it ain't written down, it don't count. You know what no, I'm saying? No <laughs> loyalty. Man, zero <laughs> of it, bro, because... I mean, I mean, it's it's clearly a biz, especially more so now than ever. Definitely. And he, I just think that they have to wait and see. I don't, know, I don't want them to play themselves and just lose two good, two well, one one really good and one good point mm-hmm. guard. You know what I'm saying? Just you know, pushing all their chips in the middle of the table like that. It's so. gonna be interesting, man. This very this, my friend. This Trace. Before we move on, just a couple of names to throw out: West Matthews. I feel like might be on the move. Damari Carroll. Kenneth Fareed, Ed Davis, um, Mello, um, yeah. Rodney Hood, Jalen Brown, maybe, but I don't know because he's looking like he might be the odd man out of the rotation. Markel Fultz, gotta have to pack his damn yeah. bags. He about to be you out of there. Gotta pack him. JR also, he he's out of there. His bags are already packed, so he ready. Yeah, he was on my list too. Yeah, JR was on my list too. Definitely. It's about time for him to get up out of there. So that's going to be interesting, man. This trade season is definitely going to be interesting to watch, man. I'm not going to lie. Definitely. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so family, you know what time it is, man. Time for the crossover segment. Uh, not a game. Uh, not a game. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. Practice. I love this segment. Yes. I love and hate this segment so much. <laughs> <laughs> My brother, I stuck it to the backcourt. This okay. week, right? Stuck with backcourt, two different backcourt comparisons. So, for my new listeners, um, I'll be doing our player comparisons from different eras. My man, Big Dave, asks his GM and he tells me who he would take out of the two in their prime if he was building a team. So, first up, are you taking a prime Steve Nash or Kyrie Irving? Ooh. Let me give you the career stats. Very okay. different stylistic point guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Nash, 14 points, three rebounds, five assists, which is weird for his career. I thought it was a lot more than that. Um, 49% from the floor, two-time MVP, eight-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA first team. I think I might have got that Nash wrong. I don't know. Um, five-time assist leader as well. Uh, Kyrie Irving, 22 points per game, three rebounds. Oh, excuse me. I mixed those up. Steve Nash is eight assists. <laughs> My bad for his career. Yeah. Kyrie yeah. Irving is five assists. Excuse me. Um, one steal, 46% from the floor. One-time champ, five-time All-Star. NBA Rookie of the Year for Kyrie. Big Dave taking prime Steve Nash or Kyrie. Ooh. I'm going to take prime Steve Nash on mm. this one. Um, Kyrie. Kyrie is listen. Kyrie's cold. <laughs> Kyrie might be might be a top three ball handler all time yeah. in, in the NBA. Man, this dude handles it are just tremendous and amazing. And we know when it's money time, that dude 
you know, is nasty. Okay, he's dope. I've seen him in the money time in the finals, man. Yes. He's clutch. He's money. Okay. Money. How he scores, I still don't know. <laughs> like how that ball goes in, bro. It's like watching Derrick Rose sometimes. Like, how Crazy. did that even go in, man? Like, it's so amazing watching him. And I love watching him. Steve Nash was a different human being in his mm. prime, man. In his prime, it was Steve Nash and that, there you go. Like, like as far as point guards, it was Steve Nash. The back, a back-to-back MVP. Mm-hmm. One of them, I don't think he he deserved. But I know. You, I was getting ready to yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you, Just. I'm keeping a hug with you all the time, man. Definitely. I you, sir. But yeah, he, he deserved one of them. But he got them. You know what he I mean? Got he, True. he got them both sitting on his mantle. So a back-to-back MVP, man, running a style of offense that was at that time not really being run in the NBA. Yes. So it was kind of pioneering uh what he was doing out there, man. And the team, I mean, he was just because look at how players were when they left. You know what I'm saying? When they got away from Steve Nash. They like, were mediocre. Very mediocre, man. Like yes. guys, they they went and had decent careers, you mm. know what I'm saying? But they didn't have those super tremendous The only one I think who prospered might be Joe Johnson when he went over. Joe to Johnson. Hawks. Oh yeah. yeah. Joe Johnson prospered. Mm-hmm. Uh Miriam when he got a ring. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. Like because but you didn't a role too. It wasn't the same yes. Matrix. Yes, yeah. right. The man's name was the Matrix. Exactly. Like, because you couldn't <laughs> figure out what he was on the court. Like, exactly. Amari Stoudemire. My gosh, mm-hmm. they were like Stockton the Malone yep. out there, man. Like, it was nasty. Watch, but Steve Nash was special, man. Like, mm-hmm. it was a level of special that we ain't. See. And plus, I saw him do it while he was the leader of the team. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. As the leader of the team. I mean, he took them uh, to that to that uh, conference finals, and he doesn't. He ain't been to the finals. I mean, no, he didn't go to the finals at all. But Kyrie, I mean, without Kyrie, <laughs> they made the yeah. conference finals, man. True, without true him there, <laughs> they went to that conference finals, man. If they don't have Steve Nash on those teams, bro. They don't, man. Look, they don't make it to exit the, if they make the playoffs. I mean, on the at the Y, <laughs> they get the first round exit, bro. Without Steve Nash, bro, like that dude was—he was special, man. So yeah, I, I, I'm gonna take Nash on that. Yo, I agree with you, Dave. I'm not gonna lie, I agree with you. Listen, and if I'm building a team too, to me, Steve Nash is more of a foundation than mm. than Kyrie Irving because I know Kyrie's a better scorer. Obviously, we all know this, but Steve yeah. Nash, what he does, which is what I like is he makes a lot of everyone around him better, as we talked mm-hmm. about. He makes all his teammates better, and he makes you look better. So I right. can have not-so-great complimentary pieces around you and still prosper and then wait till I get another star to put with you. You get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I, to me, and I think Steve Nash has a personality where he can blend in with anyone. So right. he right. can alter his game and adapt his game to anyone. To me, Kyrie is a little bit more difficult with adapting, as we are learning in Boston here now as well. And... To me, I just think Steve Nash is Kyrie Irving is a better offensive player, scoring wise. But I think everything else, Steve Nash is better to me in my mind. And, yeah, and, and I, I yeah. think if you switch teams too, I, I still think Nash does what he did in Phoenix. But I'm not sure if Kyrie does. Agreed. Uh, yes. But with Phoenix's team, what Nash did? Oh no, they'll just be scoring a lot. Yeah, yeah. they'll be scoring yeah. a lot. <laughs> That's yeah. Exactly what they were. I I definitely agree there. Um. So next up. Took it back to the archives with you because I know you're a basketball head like me. Yes, sir. Um, are you taking a prime Mitch Richmond? Oh, mm. okay, okay, or, okay. Or Clay Thompson. 
you see why I love and hate this? Yes. Oh, man. Let me give you the career stats. Uh, oh, Mitch Richmond, okay. 21 points, three rebounds, three assists, uh, one steal, 45% from the floor, 38% from three, one-time champ, six-time All-Star, NBA Rookie of the Year as well. Their numbers are so similar, it's ridiculous. Clay Thompson, 19 points per game, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, both 45% from the floor. Clay Thompson is shooting 41% from three for his career, but a three-time champ and a four-time All-Star. Building a team, you taking Mitch Rich or you taking Clay Thompson, brother? Uh, just this one was difficult, too. man. On a Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. Oh man. Well, it's you're, you're right when you you say they kind of mimic each other a lot because while you were saying that, I was sitting here thinking, um, Mitch being on that run TMC team mm. and the team that Clay is on now. Yes, both both go to state exactly. And and what would it be like? We've always wondered what would it be like when Clay leaves mm-hmm. if Clay's the man on another team because when Mitch was the man on another team he was oh my gosh <laughs> on the Kings balling gosh man he was nasty one of the best and Mike, ever I remember in 88 Mike calling Mitch the toughest player mm. to the toughest player he had to he was play a against. big two guards well both of them are <laughs> big two guards yeah. he was he was he was vicious he's not talked about enough man he really isn't because Mitch Richmond was, was special special was special him a clay. Oh man. Oh man. I'm going to take. Oh. Uh, come on, man. I'm gonna take clay. I'm gonna take clay. I'm gonna take clay. Oh and I'm not and I can be talked out of this. I can. But okay. the reason I think I'm gonna take clay is clay is like something I've never really seen before well i've seen well, let me say it like this i've seen shooters like clay but clay is like with a cheat code you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like it's like he's shooting like that but his ball is on fire all the time mm. you know what i mean you teach your your uh your your you your, you taste you teach the youth how to shoot by watching clay thompson videos mm-hmm. like when you watch him shoot man it is perfect that is the, how you do it that's perfect how to form, form. The way he comes off of those screens, man, are disgusting. Like, it, it is ridiculous. He comes off ready to shoot. He's strong. Uh, he's just great, man. And, I mean, dude, the man dropped 60 and three quarters on 11 dribbles. Crazy. I will never forget that as long as I live. That was just insane to me. I just watched what he did to my Bulls. You know what I'm saying? Scoring, hitting 14 threes, even with a bloody head wound. My man, bloody man head, dropped, headband clay. You know what I'm saying? Jackie Moon Clay came out there and dropped 14 threes yes. on my squad after after getting his hair busted open. Crazy. So, no, Clay is on a oh my god! And in the playoffs, Clay will have a game where he's like, where everybody's off, and Clay is like, nope, we ain't losing today. Let me go drop this 40 for y'all. Mm-hmm. Let me go get this, man. I'm scoring, and ain't nobody about to stop me out here, man. And, and he's a really excellent defender. You yes. put him. You put him on your on your best on your best guard. That's who you're putting on him, man. It's Clay Thompson. And, and I mean his his I love the, his foundation, the way he plays defense, man. You can tell he just got a real strong base. Mm-hmm. But I love his foundation and how he plays that deep, man. But oh man, taking him over Mitch, boy. Oh man, dude, that hurt. <laughs> I hear you, Big Dave. Listen, I'm gonna have to disagree, my brother. I understand. I understand. But it was, I'm not going to lie, this was one of the toughest crossover segments for me that I had to think of because I love, to me, Clay does bring more to the table as a whole. 
I feel like with his defensive capabilities and his offensive shooting prowess is, is you have to defend that at all times. And yeah. he and he moves without the ball, which I love, by the way. That's a skill that you have to that you can't teach. Yeah, and, you can't. Um, but if I'm building a squad, I feel like I can build around Mitch Richmond a little bit better because he can be the number one scorer on the team, and I know he can be. That's a fact. Clay Thompson, though, I, I want to believe he can be a number one scorer on your team. I want to believe that, but I really don't know. And think about how he scores right now. When he was even the second option, when Kevin Durant was in, Steph Curry was out, they were a relatively pedestrian team. They were a mediocre team with him as a second option, and he hasn't been shooting the same, and he might he may be one of the beneficiaries to be in, being on a great team. You know, that's what I'm a little bit scared about with Klay Thompson, but I I actually out of all the Warriors, I love Klay Thompson. Not the most cuz I do love KD, man. He's big time with me. So, sec- my second favorite warrior if I have any cuz I don't like any of them, but Klay <laughs> <laughs> Thompson, I would have to be number 2. I would love to see him on a no- on another team to be honest. I would love and I think he has the ability to do it, but if I'm building a team, I'm going to have to go Mitch, man. And I know Mitch is not going to get the credit that he deserves. Because this is the new era right now. They don't remember players back then. Right. But right, just true. like you said, Mike said he was one of the toughest to guard. I mean, he was a big two guard, man. Yeah, I, man. I don't even know if Clay Thompson could defend Mitch Richmond, prior Mitch mm. Richmond, honestly. Think about it, because he was a, he's bigger than Clay. Clay usually he guys is. guards a little smaller than him, to be honest. Perimeter guards. Yeah. And Mitch and is, eats him too. And eats him, yeah. And Mitch is, he's a solid 6'8. <sighs> Man, that jumper was so flame. It was like, a turnaround <laughs> jump. He can hit you off the dribble, uh, run TMC, click. He, he, he was bald. He was bald. He was nasty. And you can't yeah, go I'm wrong not mad. either one. You can't go wrong yeah, I'm either not mad. one. Not mad at you at all. Sir. Definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. So um, that was interesting one right there, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I know there's, uh, first of all, the youngsters, I already know, is going to pick Clay Thompson. I already know that. Of course. 100%. Yeah. So I know I might be alone on that one, Dave. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, no, I don't think you're alone at all, bro. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, when I talk to C-Dub, I'm asking the same question. Yeah, man. ask go. C-Dub, definitely. Yeah, I'm asking. <laughs> definitely, man. And um, yo, brother, appreciate you joining me, man, for another episode of Above the Rim, my brother. 78, Dave. Yay, bro. Listen, just like I always tell you, man, just whenever you need me, bro, whenever oh. you make the call, bro, I will make the time. Of course, man. And... We gonna be monitoring your Bulls this season, man. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot happening over there in Chicago. Man, it's a lot happening. There's a it's lot. a lot going down, man. I'm, a lot going down. I hope I hope Jabari gets dealt. I'm not gonna lie. I hope Jabari gets dealt because I do want to yeah. see him on another team right now. And at least y'all gotta get something in return for Jabari. Yeah, something. you can't just can't just leave that on the bench That's and like, just not get rid of him. You're gonna look even maybe, more foolish. Maybe a buyout. Is it possible? Yeah, I mean, maybe a buyout. You know the yeah. Bulls love paying people to go away. <laughs> D Wade, Freddie Horvath, everybody gets paid to go away in Chicago. Kids. Kids. <laughs> they love it. They love it. They love it. You so ain't lying. That, you ain't lying. Bro. That's gonna be interesting. So my brother, thanks again for joining me, man. I appreciate it, my brother. Man, thank you for having me on, man. Shout out to your engineer too, bro. Yes, yeah, sir. Yannick, the dog, the god. <laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate it. And yo, tell C Dub, I gotta have him on here too, man. I definitely want to have him on. That's gonna be interesting as well. I got um, you. Man. Definitely. And uh, so, family, this is Above the Rim 70, episode 78, and we out.
This is what Flo from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more cake. Even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.